Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 23 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, a podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your fresh young teenage host, Leroy Luna, and I'm coming at you straight out of my closet with a fun story about a lady trying to turn back time and steal back some of her youth. I'm pumped for this one. I've done my stretches, I did a few somersaults and cartwheels before recording here, so I am good to go. I have to give a huge shout out to Jeff Mache. He did an extensive article for The Atlantic back in July of 2016, and that's where I grabbed probably 90% of the info for this story. He sat down in a coffee shop and hung out with the key player, the hero or the villain of the story, depending on how you want to look at it, and pulled a lot of neat little tidbits out of her to give us some background and really help flesh out the story. And that is much appreciated because with these itty-bitty softcore crimes, it's rare that we get to know so many details of these perpetrators and their pasts. My wife brought this one to my attention months back, so also a shout out to her. I kept putting it off until now. I finally pulled the trigger on it, and I'm so glad I did. It's been a good time. If you guys listened to last week's episode, you may remember I mentioned that the show was number one on the true crime charts in Latvia. No air horn. It wasn't for long, but that didn't stop me from celebrating hard. Upon further investigation, I looked into my numbers and I have eight downloads in total from Latvia. I think I got into this before with you guys when I was number one in Kuwait a while back. These charts are deceiving and apparently it doesn't take much to get up in there, depending on the country. Kind of saddens me that I'm not a huge celebrity over there. I had visions of vacationing in Latvia and being showered with love and admiration. You know, like when David Hasselhoff goes to Germany, something like that. Anyways, if you are listening to this episode, and you're looking around and realizing, hey, I'm in Latvia, you are probably my only listener there. 
So give yourself a pat on the back and reach out if you can. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe we can get you to tell a softcore crime story from your past in the Let's Get Criminal segment. Or perhaps you could even just tell a joke. I'd love to hear your voice on the show. Speaking of jokes, I happen to have two right here for you. And they actually came from the Excuse Me That's Illegal private Facebook group. The very elite squad over there. Both jokes involve pencils, and since we have a school episode here, the timing couldn't be more impeccable. The first one is from Leanna C., who's been spreading the word to her sister, cousin, or dad, everyone. I can't tell you how happy that makes me. I feel like a recommendation from a friend or family member always goes a long way. So thanks for that. Okay, and here it is. So there's this little boy sitting with his pops, and he says, Daddy, do trees poop? And his wise old man says, of course. That's how we get number two pencils. (laughs) Loving it. My boy David H. responded to that joke with one of his own. And he says, did you hear about the constipated mathematician? He worked it out with a pencil. You know what that sound means? Let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to get you back nice and early. After all, it is a school night. Episode number 23, Back to School. High school for me wasn't the greatest. Sure, I had some friends, I had some fun, but I was very insecure, unsure of myself. I sometimes wish that I could do it all over again. Not to get better grades and secure an actual career for myself so I didn't have to work dead-end job after dead-end job. That would probably be the responsible thing to do. But nah, if anything, I'd probably take it less seriously, take more chances and just soak it all in. Not give a shit about what all those other snot-nosed, pimply-faced teens thought about me. As the great Rod Stewart once said, with his beautifully coiffed hair, handsome fella, he said, I wish that I knew what I know now, when I was younger. Hell yeah. To redo high school, but with the advantage of having my 38-year-old brain with me, would be glorious. Oh, the trouble I'd get myself into. But unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. What's done is done. You don't get a chance to rewrite the past. You can't just waltz into a high school in your 30s and attempt to do it all over again. (laughs) Can you? Wait, is that actually an option? Okay. In today's episode, we are going to follow around a woman named Wendy Brown. Now, in order to get to know her better, we got to travel back in time. So we're going to go all the way back to the summer of 1990, back when mullets were still a respected hairstyle. It was also a great summer for cinema. June 1st, Total Recall starring Arnold Schwarzenegger was making waves. It was also a summer of sequels with Robocop 2, Die Hard 2, Die Harder, and Gremlins 2, The New Badge hitting the theaters. And my boy Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore were making sweet, sweet pottery together in the hit film Ghost. 
I've hungered for your touch. Ah, I love that song. Can't remember the name of it, though. But the melody is off the chain. Oh, what a time to be a teenager it was. A young Mariah Carey was bursting onto the music scene. Madonna, MC Hammer, young girls everywhere had posters of new kids on the block covering their bedroom walls. Those guys really had the right stuff, baby. Anyways, where were we? Sorry, I got caught up in the moment. Ah, yes. Wendy Brown is 16 years old and a student at Harold L. Richards High School in southwest Chicago. And to be honest, she's kind of having a rough time. Wendy had developed a speech impediment and was seeing a speech therapist. She pronounced her R's like W's. This didn't help her confidence or popularity and led to plenty of fights and bullying. Things at home weren't much better either. While she seemed to have a great relationship with her father, her mother was a different story. Very abusive. Wendy, quote, We fought all the time. She put me down. Said things about me. I got hit a lot. Although there were many negative circumstances in her life, there were a couple of bright spots. Wendy had managed to snag herself a boyfriend. She was a petite little thing, very athletic. In fact, she was on the track team and she could run like the wind. Running was very therapeutic for her, and while she motored around her suburban neighborhood, it was like her problems melted away. Unfortunately, something strange was happening to her lately, though. For the past week, she had been feeling nauseous, even throwing up while on these runs. Wendy chalked it up to the stresses of being a teenager, an unpopular one at that. Her brother played for the Bulldogs, her school's football squad, and during his games, she'd watch the cheerleaders shake their little pom-poms and wish she could be more like them. Wendy quote, I was always jealous of them. It just seemed like they had a great life. Wendy's vomiting and morning sickness became hard to cover up. When she confided in her mother about it, her mom asked her point blank, You pregnant? Nah, no way. Couldn't be. I mean, sure, she and her boyfriend did the horizontal mambo a couple times, but they had done it in a safe way. At least she thought. To be honest, Wendy wasn't really taught much about sex. Quote, I didn't know what made you pregnant. My mother never talked to me about things like that. End quote. Wendy went to the doctor and got an ultrasound. Sure enough, she was preggy. And pretty far along, four months. Wendy told her boyfriend and he was a real piece of shit about it. He bailed on her immediately and didn't keep it a secret either. He told some of his classmates and before long the whole school knew. This, of course, led to more bullying from her classmates to the point that she just couldn't take it anymore. Poor girl. Kids can be so cruel. She dropped out, and on her 17th birthday, she gave birth to a bouncing baby boy, which she named Joey, after her father. Apparently naive Wendy still hadn't had a talk with her mother about the birds and the bees, because just a few months after giving birth to baby Joey, she became pregnant yet again, completely destroying any thoughts she would have of returning to school. Not sure who this baby daddy was, but he wasn't the same sperm donor as the first. Woo, rough times indeed. Wendy was forced to grow up fast, and her childhood as she knew it was over. Just turned 18, basically still a kid herself, and now with two kids of her own. Crazy. And to add insult to injury, Wendy's younger sister Jennifer was crushing it in school, living the life Wendy dreamed of for herself, even becoming a cheerleader. Wendy quote, I hated her. She got everything that I wanted. I was extremely jealous of her. Okay, tough childhood here. Some problems were self-inflicted, but it's hard not to feel bad for Wendy. She's a sympathetic character. Now we're going to quickly breeze through her 20s here. Things don't get much better for Wendy. 
She's a bit of a schemer and no stranger to petty crime. In 2002 and 2004, she served brief stints in jail for burglary and obstructing justice. Also, this turned into nothing, but I found it pretty funny. Wendy was even accused of bouncing a check at a Dairy Queen for $13. Those blizzards ain't cheap. Jobs, you say? Wendy had plenty. As we know, she didn't finish high school, so her prospects were slim. But she worked at Walmart, Kmart, she was a stripper, and she also worked for a few different fast food establishments. It wasn't the most stable life. They never planted roots for long. She took her kids with her to Texas, Michigan, and Nevada before moving back to her home state of Illinois. Before we move too much further, do you like how I slipped in stripper between those ordinary customer service jobs? That was actually the longest job she ever held on to. But when business dried up, she moved on and bumped and grinded her way back to Illinois. And in 2006, Wendy was now 31 at this point, she got married. At their home in Cass County, Illinois, things went well for the first half year or so. But that's when the honeymoon phase was over, and her new hubby started to get violent. This is backed up by the police chief, who said they received calls to the home quite often. And one of the neighbors, who, when speaking of the husband, said, quote, He knocked all the windows out when he got mad at her. End quote. What I'm about to say here might be seen as controversial, but heck, I'm going to say it anyway. This life Wendy's living here, this is not a stable environment for children. She's really dropping the ball here. That's right, I said it. Wendy is not winning any Mother of the Year awards here. Her husband sounds like a real asshole too. But Wendy is determined to make it work. So they pack up their shit and these cheeseheads move to Green Bay, Wisconsin. I bet they did this because it's far enough away from Illinois for them to make a fresh start. Wendy is a little off at this point in her life. She claims she had a breakdown and felt like the best thing for her children, who are now in their teens, is to ship them off to her parents' place in Nevada. Feeling like a total failure, Wendy says this for her was basically rock bottom. I beg to differ. It's close, but rock bottom is going to be coming up shortly. Now Wendy's living with her douchey husband. Her kids are gone and they're in this tiny apartment. The thing about this place though is it's only a stone's throw away from a high school. She can see the football fields from her home. This gives her flashbacks of her failed high school days. This coupled with the fact that she's still managed to maintain her somewhat youthful looks, well, this puts an idea in her head, and it's not long before she springs it into action. She cuts her bangs and goes to the mall and picks up some clothes that are stylish for teens at the time. Some Nike shoes, a school bag. She shops in the junior section for jeans. She only weighs about 100 pounds soaking wet. Keep in mind this is 2008, and Wendy is 33 years old at this point. And in case you haven't put this all together, from the title and everything, Wendy is going to go back to school. I stole that title from the 1986 comedy starring a not-so-well-respected comedian by the name of Rodney Dangerfield. Love it. She had the look. She nailed it down. Now there was just one thing she had to add. The icing on the cake. She changed her voice. Wendy, quote, I just did that little Valley Girl thing. The California thing. End quote. And with that, she was like, totally ready to go back to school. She looked strikingly similar to her daughter now, and she basically borrowed her identity, used her name and everything. Wendy went on over to Ashwaubenon High School in early August of 2008 and enrolled herself as a student. She claimed she was transferring over from Pahrump High School, which was the school her 15-year-old daughter Jamie was enrolled in. So now she's going by Jamie. But to avoid confusion, 
I'm going to just continue calling our girl Wendy. She enrolled for classes with the school counselor, Kim Demony. Now, I'd love to really analyze this encounter. I'm not sure how old counselor Kim is at the time, but to make things interesting, let's just say she was 33, same age as Wendy. Now, do you think as a 33-year-old counselor, you could sniff out an imposter? Someone your age pretending to be 15? I'd like to say yes, but Wendy had a few things working in her favor. She's very petite, had the clothes, the bangs no doubt made her look younger. She had the valley girl voice. It's tough. I think I would have been skeptical, but probably not enough to say anything. Let's face it, Wendy's got some miles on her. She pumped out two kids. She's been in abusive relationships, worked as a stripper, done time in jail. I think I'd be able to see it in her eyes that she's had experiences no 15-year-old could even fathom. Then again, some people have old souls. Later, Counselor Kim would tell police that Wendy did look older than 15, but her personality was consistent with that of a young teen. She sold it well. She was very shy and said she had difficulties with math and even cried a little when she spoke of moving from Nevada. As Wendy was walking away from this meeting, she casually asked Counselor Kim, when are like the cheerleading tryouts? Now I know I'm calling this episode back to school, but truth be told, Wendy isn't going to actually spend much time in school. She's going to be spending 99% of her time in cheerleader tryouts. I'm not sure if Wendy ever really thought she could pull off getting a diploma. I don't think she thought that far ahead. She just wanted a second crack at those high school experiences she had missed out on. She was kind of like Michael Jackson when you think about it. She missed out on some of her youth and was trying to take it back. She couldn't afford a Neverland ranch, so cheerleading would have to do. Wendy signed up for the cheerleading squad, and when the time came, the final three weeks before school, she was nervous as hell. She remembered her old school in Illinois and what a tough process tryouts were, and there was hazing, and some of those older girls could be mean. But when she arrived at the Jaguars football stadium where tryouts were held, the girls were really nice to her, and that put her at ease. Quote, I was talking to the girls. They said the tryouts were easy. End quote. Mary Lee Boyd Johnson was the cheerleading coach. She had a highly decorated career, and a year after this event, she would go on to lead the team to first place in the 2009-2010 Northern Regionals. Coach Johnson had strict rules and guidelines for the girls to follow. Wendy remembered the first thing Coach said to them. She said we were supposed to represent the school, have respect for people, for each other, and for everybody else. We had to be nice, you know, watch our mouths. No chewing gum during practice, because you'd get demerits for that. 33-year-old Wendy was definitely in over her head. She says she couldn't even do a cartwheel, let alone flips, but she tried her best to keep up with everyone. And thankfully, the routines were fairly easy. Tryouts were going well. Then Coach Johnson invited all the girls to her house for a pool party. That's when Wendy's nerves kicked in yet again. Practicing was one thing, but a pool party with girls 18 years or junior is going to be tough fitting in. Remember last time when he was in school was back in 1990. The music, the movies, that was a long time ago. And things had changed. Oh, you want a rundown of the popular music and movies hitting the box office in the summer of 2008? I thought you'd never ask. Miley Cyrus, Katy Perry, and Rihanna were rocking the charts, while the summer blockbusters were The Dark Knight, Iron Man, Hancock, Wall-E, and Kung Fu Panda, among others. Oh man, for me, summer of 1990 beats 2008 with ease. The main thing that had Wendy feeling insecure was her body. She wanted to hide the stretch marks of her two past pregnancies. So she ended up wearing a one-piece suit 
with a t-shirt over top while the other young ladies were rocking two-piece bikinis. This raised some eyebrows. Then Wendy said, quote, I told them the reason I had the t-shirt on, you know, was that I used to be really fat. I lost all the weight, end quote. No doubt Wendy's body was just fine. I mean, just recently she was a stripper. But I guess dim lighting and a pair of beer goggles does go a long way to hide any blemishes. Afterwards, one of the gals said she's just shy. Leave her alone. The pool party continued and they all had a great time. The music was pumping. They all jumped in the pool, played a little volleyball, and even munched on some pizza. Next thing they knew, everyone started breaking into their cheer routine. The violins were playing and they danced to the 1995 Rednecks hit, Where Did You Come From, Where Did You Go, Where Did You Come From, Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Love that tune. They danced and spun around till they got dizzy and collapsed to the ground giggling. Well, like schoolgirls. Wendy still remembers it fondly. She was truly happy in that moment. About a week after the pool party, Wendy's cell phone rang and she received the phone call she dreamt about since she was a young girl. Like, hello? Oh my god, that's amazing! She shouted with joy. She did it. She actually did it. She made the team. When Wendy showed up for the first day of school, she was still beaming with pride. When they called her name, Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Took a few times before she responded. Some things were hard to get used to. Wendy had some singing chops, and she wasn't afraid to show them off in choir. The teacher complimented her, saying her voice was very mature, if she only knew. When lunchtime rolled around, our girl saw another young lady getting picked on. She gave her some advice. Quote, I just told her, just ignore them. They're just jealous. You must have something that they don't. Be who you are. End quote. If that actually happened, that's some good advice and a nice gesture. Wendy finally received her cheerleading uniform that afternoon, and that was another special moment. Quote, Pretty cool. I was like, wow, I'm in a cheerleader uniform. It was like a trophy or award. Like, this is mine? End quote. Not a bad first day at all. After that amazing first day, something strange happened. Wendy didn't show up for the rest of the week. When September 8th rolled around, the principal noted Wendy's poor attendance. He got a truancy officer to check in on her at her home. No answer. This was weird. They then called up her old school in Nevada. And that's when this whole charade began to unravel. When they called asking about Jamie, they were told, uh, she's still here attending classes. That's confusing. They then called Jamie's home in Nevada, and they spoke to Judith. That's Wendy's mom. And that's when it all started to come together. They realized Wendy had been posing as her daughter Jamie. Judith then spilled the beans and told them all about her daughter Wendy and her criminal past. So where was Wendy? And why did she quit attending school? Well, she had a pretty good reason. After a little more digging, they were able to track her down, and she was in county jail on a totally unrelated charge. Apparently, she had pretended to be the manager at her building and scammed a young lady out of a $765 deposit. Wendy still denies being guilty of that crime to this day, but it does kind of sound like it was right up her alley. School officials questioned her while in prison, and Wendy confessed to everything. It didn't take long for the newspapers to get hold of this juicy story and run with it. Wendy was humiliated. Everything was just done. It was devastating. I just wanted to get in a hole and die. Even eight years later, she recalled that moment with tears in her eyes. It clearly had an impact on her. When students at Ashwabanon High heard the news, 
Most of them just found it amusing. Hope Edelbeck said, quote, I thought it was really bizarre. It's just something you never hear. A 33-year-old going to school? And another student, Spencer Corpus, said, quote, She did look a little insignificantly older, but you didn't want to question it. You just go, uh, all right, whatever, end quote. Wendy Brown was originally charged with identity theft, which is a felony, and could have landed her in jail for up to six years with a fine of $10,000. In court, the defense and prosecution actually talked it out and came to an agreement that they thought would work out best for Wendy. Deputy District Attorney John Lucher said, quote, I think a prison sentence would be very, very detrimental to her. Hopefully, with treatment, she will be able to function in society without committing crimes, end quote. That's what you like to see, people setting their pride aside and doing what's right. Wendy was found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. She avoided serving jail time, but she did have to serve three years at the Winnebago Mental Health Facility. While she chilled in jail for three months awaiting her transfer to the mental health facility, Wendy used that time to study because she was determined to get her GED. She was going to finally get that elusive high school diploma. With the help of a tutor, six weeks into her sentence, Wendy took the test and she passed. That was a very proud moment for her. She finally did it. Wendy served her three years in the mental health facility, but it wasn't easy. In 2010, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, but she fought through it, and after a couple of successful operations, she was on the road to recovery. She got a divorce, attended group therapy, and came to terms with her past. Now she is out and has a better outlook on life. She is not on speaking terms with her daughter, Jamie, but is hoping one day they'll be able to have a relationship once again, especially since Jamie gave birth in 2014, which would make Wendy one badass granny. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 23, Back to School. Before really getting into this one, I thought it would be fun to go back to school. Now I just feel like it would be exhausting and stressful. I guess Wendy only went for one day of actual classes. That wouldn't be bad. If I did go back, I definitely wouldn't sign up for the football team or anything athletic. Kudos to Wendy for that. It would be humiliating not being able to make the football team as an adult. I doubt there was ever an age where I would have made the cut now that I think about it. And you know what? I'm okay with that. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer the operator for providing the sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. You know what time it is. Listener confession time. So let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. Hey, what's up, Leroy? Listeners of Excuse Me, That's Legal. Shane here from Canada. Duh. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and I love all the new episodes each week. It definitely lightens the mood from the normal true crime uh, podcasts that I listen to. It's a good break from that, and it's inspired me to share my small-time true crime story with you. And uh, I guess we're not all that innocent after all, but hey, you might find it funny, maybe not, but here goes. So it was around 2012, I was between jobs, had just gone to school and just trying to cut back on money and figure out what I was doing with my life. But I drank a lot of coffee. I still do. But I bought a lot of coffee at Tim Hortons at the time. And 
in a bid to save some money but still get that daily caffeine fix, I hatched a plan. So one thing I was noticing over and over that when I would give a handful of change to the nice old lady working the Tim Hortons drive through was they didn't count it, if at ever. They would throw the money in the till, give you your coffee, away you go, and have a good day. And, um, well, I basically didn't really want to pay debit for a coffee this one day, and I my plan was that, hey, I'm going to give them whatever changes in my cup holder. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to count that, and I'm going to get my coffee, away we go. So, I thought about it for a while, and eventually I decided I'm going to execute this plan. And I did. So... I pulled up one day, order my usual double-double. I'm approaching the window, and admittedly, I was shaking nervous, like palms sweaty. What did I think was going to happen? If the woman happened to count the money and I didn't have enough, she would likely just say, Oh, honest to God, honey, don't worry about it. That's all right. Just get me next time, you know. But really... That's all that could happen, but I was still terrified. So I get up to the window. I hand the woman the change. I'd say I was about 40 cents short. Without even batting an eye, she gives me my coffee, says, Now have a good day, sweetie. And I say, Have a great day. And I drive off. It was over like that. It took a second to realize it, but I had just destroyed the Death Star. I'm Lando Calrissian flying out of that drive-thru, and I'm all, Yeah! I had just accomplished something, I tell you. So I had to tell someone. Th- this was too good not to share. I pull to the Dooley's parking lot directly across the street, and I send my best friend a text that read, Nothing like shortchange in the downtown Tim's <laughs> And that text has lived in infamy in our group chat on one of the most random texts any of us have ever received from each other. Now... You might be thinking, did I just do this once? Hell no. You better believe I became a repeat offender. A serial shortchanger at the local Tim Hortons. I got away with this, I'm telling you, five, six times. And it wasn't until that sixth, seventh time the lady counted the change. And, oh dear, you're just a little short. You're going to have to get me next time. But hey, I still got my double-double and I moved on. I'll admit, I was a little embarrassed. Kind of learned my lesson. Did I ever do it again? No. Would I uh, ever do it again? No, probably not. Am I proud of it? Oh, hell yeah. Well, that's it. That's how you get a cheap coffee from your local Tim Hortons. And uh, hey, I guess that was as good for you as it was for me. Cheers. Now that was as Canadian as it gets for crime. Shortchanging old ladies at the Tim Hortons drive-thru to get a discount on a double-double. For those of you not familiar with that term, a double-double is a coffee containing two creams and two sugars. Should have ordered a poutine too, but... (laughs) Nah, you played it well. Didn't get too greedy. They probably would have counted the change if you ordered anything else. I love that. See, Canada has criminals too. Thank you, Shane. You just upped our street cred over here big time with that one. Now, I know that's going to be hard to beat, but if you have a softcore true crime story you want to share, please don't hesitate to email me at excusemethatsillegal at gmail.com to have your story on the show. Okay, before we get out of here, I have a promo to play for you from my new pal, Washeen. He is the very Irish host of the Troubles podcast, 
which is a true crime pod that covers a crazy 30-year period in Northern Ireland. It's really worth your time. Lots of interesting stories. He can explain it much better than I can, so I'll let him tell you all about it in a moment. As for myself, I will meet you back here in another 10 days with more softcore scumbaggery. Peace! Alright, take it away, Washeen. The Troubles was a 30-year period in Northern Ireland in which multiple sides and organisations were at war with each other. There were bombings, assassinations, prison breakouts, fanatical leaders, serial killers and much more. The Troubles podcast is a non-partisan podcast which aims to tell the stories of the Troubles in a digestible way. It's narrated by me and the episodes are non-sequential so you can jump in anywhere along the way. It's the perfect podcast for people interested in historical true crime. Season 1 has already been released, and Season 2 will be released throughout 2021, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts, or by searching The Troubles Podcast on any social media platform. See you there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.